Hello, friends, and however you are listening to this episode of On Grace, we are super grateful and you are in for a treat because today on On Grace, or tonight on On Grace, it is ladies' night, as uh, Missy, Misdemeanor Elliot once sang with Pink and Maya and Christina and Lil' Kim. And yes, friends, we have the Lil' Kim and the Maya of Broadway United Methodist, Miss Megan Davidson <laughs> and Laura Vincent. Maya is criminally underrated. Laura, you are criminally <laughs> underrated. I'm the criminal. Lil' <laughs> <laughs> Kim is actually a criminal. And that's not what I meant, Megan. That's not what I meant. I can't wait to see what you did, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great song. And before we started, before we started, um, I had this song in my head, and I started singing it. And Can you repeat this? Yes. Repeat I w- it I w- it yeah. was like, it was ladies <laughs> night. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and, and both Megan and Laura were like, that's not part of the song. And sure enough, it is at the end, after the breakdown. It is at the end. You're right. Yep. After after uh, Missy Elliott comes in. Yes. Yes. We will both say you are right as long as you don't like take the snippet of recording and play it back to us. I absolutely will. I'm going to go back in and edit it so that you say that (laughs) after everything I say. So watch out for that. But for real, very blessed and excited friends to see you, to be with you. Hello, Hello, everybody. Great to be with you. (coughs) Hey, friends. Glad to be here. And just for the record, Megan is not a criminal. No, I have a clean record. <laughs> yes, that which is. which totally um, segues into what we're talking about today. Well, there you go. Whether he were once a criminal or not, I don't know. But but um, on the podcast, we've been talking for the past couple of episodes on conversion and um, essentially, essentially how we move into faith initially. And then how we continue to move into deeper and deeper faith. And uh, getting a look from Megan. You can't, see, you can't see this on the podcast, but this is par for the course. Uh, Megan and I work together. and uh, You get a lot of looks. I do. I do. <laughs> indeed. Before we started, she also made fun of my outfit today, which you also can't see. But trust that it's good. There's some white shoes that are... J- <laughs> <laughs> You know you're going to get made fun of for that. <laughs> y- y- y'all know I can edit this, right? Right, right, right. That's good. You shouldn't have mentioned it. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, Megan, of all the folks on our staff, Megan is the most recent to um, express a call to ordained ministry, oh. which was affirmed by uh, our staff, of course, and also our, our lay folks. Uh, how'd you get there? How did you arrive at that? Now I'm getting a shocked face. (laughs) Uh, It just has sort of slowly happened. I mean, you know, I started here at Broadway. It'll be 10 years next month that I've been here. I hadn't been in church before that in like six years. And so I sort of just jumped in. And my story is that, you know, I've sort of been through the ranks. I am a nurse. I was a nurse. And as I started coming as a member of the congregation, and then I started getting involved. I started volunteering. Then I started um, working one day, which led to two days. And I think I've done like half the jobs here at the church in <laughs> over the <laughs> past true. six years. Maybe more than half. Yeah, you know, I've done a little bit of this, <coughs> and I did a little bit of that. Um, but I just have uh, felt this calling to just continue to love on people. I love to love on people, and um, 
I'm very invested in the Greenwell campus and the Greenwell congregation out there with uh, Pastor Wayne. And it's just sort of felt natural that this is sort of like the next thing that I would do. So to be clear, though, it didn't happen all at once. It wasn't No, like it was not. It was, uh, and you know, I'm sort of, you know this because you work with me. I'm real hard-headed. And it's been a probably longer, you know, I've sort of felt nudged and called for a while, like a little thing here, a little thing there. And I'm like, no, God, I can't do this. I can't do this. Uh, and so finally I just decided to like surrender in a way. It's like, okay, fine. I'll just, I can do this. You you will equip me, right? He doesn't, what is it? He doesn't uh, call the equipped. He equips the called. Is that right? So yeah, I just had to let all that other stuff go. What I appreciate about you, Megan, is, I mean, you acknowledge, right, that it was um, something that you were unsure about and something that you, like, took little steps towards. I'm still unsure about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. <coughs> well, I mean, it's just, it's it's hard, you know. I struggle with, um, not. I have lots of issues, but one of them being not being enough, and so to not have the... Uh, to come from a different world, to come from more of like the private world versus like this type of world or the public world versus this type of world. It's just, you know, you wonder what people are going to think when you say something like this. What's your family going to think? What's your friends going to think? Um, what are the members of the congregation that you've been a part of for the past 10 years going to think? You know, so um, I think that there are, there's just a lot that goes in it. And like, can I really do this? Even though. I know and believe that I feel called to do it. There's still a lot of questions and doubts, self-doubt. Let me ask, you used to work at the health department. I did. And you were a nurse. Uh, yes, was. So which is what has been messier, being a nurse or serving in ministry? I think, I wouldn't say one is messier than the other. I think, you know, when you're a nurse, I worked at the hospital before this. Uh, it's helped prepare me for being in ministry maybe because... When you work in a hospital setting or in a caretaking setting, you never see people at their best. Hmm. Every person that I encounter every single week is sick. There's something wrong with them. They're tired. Their families are tired because they're there. And so you sort of have to learn to navigate the hard stuff with people. And so I think that it's really helped prepare me for the messiness of the church and uh, walking through life with people here, too, just because, you know, when people people are not at their worst all the time here but then you do have people sometimes that are and so it just helped prepare me I wouldn't say one was messier than the other and speaking of working with people at their worst you've worked with Laura quite a bit I have thank you Jason <laughs> <laughs> Laura was the first person that I met when I came to Greenwood 10 years ago next month and so Laura's seen the whole thing play out <laughs> it'll be one of the things I treasure most in my life getting to watch it play out but, Laura, you've been pretty instrumental in Megan's story and experienced your own call equipping other women in, in their call. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I know that comes from a place of your own conversion and call. Right. I mean, um, from a very young age, I felt a, a sense of call to ministry, and I, would, I was very vocal about it. You know, my family shouldn't have been surprised whenever I grew up and said I wasn't going to become a teacher like everyone else in my family and was going to pursue ministry. It was still a hard conversation for them. You know, they'd invested in my education and, <clears throat> of course, saw the security that could come from, from being in um, a more normal job, I guess. Um, but... Um, 
even though I since that initial call, like over the years, there were lots of things that kind of stacked up that made me doubt it and made me, you know, just like push it away and say, I guess that's not for me as much as it was clear to me at one point in time. You know, I grew up in a tradition where women didn't do what I felt the sense to do. And so while it took a while for someone to directly say to me, you can't do that, like I absorbed that through my experience looking around and there being no female leaders um, preaching to me or um, leading me in worship or <clears throat> or even being my youth pastor, you know, so it, it became clear, like, I don't know why I feel this calling, but very clearly I'm, I'm being told I can't pursue that or live into that. Um, and it took being in some new spaces and having lots more experiences for me to be able to begin opening back up to that, to have that calling um, kind of be fanned back into flame and to not be able to deny it anymore. So both of you expressed like a sense of doubt or a sense of the unknown. And yet, and yet both of you leaned in to the call. So how did you... Like, how, what, what motivated you to keep leaning in in the midst of doubt? I think you take certain steps, like maybe even little steps, and it's like you find that you're coming more fully alive. Like, oh, I was made for this, <laughs> you know, and it's like hard to, uh, it's hard to forget that, and like in that moment. And then I think for me there was key people too. Like as that awakening was happening for me, God began to put examples of other women around me who were living into that calling, and I was able to see that possibility and um, what that might could look like for me. So both of those two things were pretty important for me. I would say they're probably, you know, the same thing really. Just, yeah. Or, you know, having an opportunity and then being like, oh, wow, I can do that. Right. Like, I can do this, you know, mm -hmm. was very helpful for me. So what is it, you said, Laura, that you felt fully alive or you you felt yourself come alive. Like, yeah. des describe that, elaborate on that. I Ma mean. Megan, you were <coughs> nodding vigorously when, when she said that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, you know, sometimes, like, for example, if you just if you just met me, I tend to be an introverted person. I tend to be a more quiet person. I'm going to sit back and, and, and take everything in, and I might two hours later really have something to say about it. But in the moment, I'm just like, I, that's how I pro I'm a processor. And so it's surprising to me and many other people that, like, I can I get up to preach to a room full of people and um, and that that invigorates me. You know, like, in that moment, I just – um, I feel like God gave, has made me to love to be a learner and to love to help other people learn. And so in that moment, when I have that moment of connection with God and the moment when I have that connection with people and I'm getting to do what I love, it's just like, oh, this is it. <laughs> this is what, this is what God has prepared me for and made me to do, even though it seems so out of character. I mean. At, at first look. <laughs> I remember when she first started preaching at Greenwood and all of it, I was like, who is she? Like what in the world has happened to her? <laughs> Little be quiet. Laura's up there on her toes and she is jazzed up. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> and then she'll step down and she's Laura again. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. And, and for somebody the seeing you do that, the seeing you preach, like it really is, it really is a gift. Mm, Your jump shot is less than that, but nevertheless, <clears throat> We're going to have to put this to rest. <laughs> Jason and I have been talking 11 years smack back and forth about um, who is the better basketball player. And we'll let y'all know on the podcast whenever we actually plan 
to um, have our shootout and see who actually wins. But after now, 11 years, I think we need to get it done, Jason Brown. Now, now we're both too old. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um, Megan, does, you were nodding your head when Laura was saying about the feeling of coming fully alive. Yeah. You know, I remember last year uh, we held our Embrace Women's Conference. And I remember just like being in that space and having the role that I had there. I was like, this is like amazing. You know what I mean? It was just this overwhelming feeling of like, I love this. This was fantastic. This was great. Just to, And it was just being in the role of being able to like really love on people in that setting. And I was like, ah, it was just, I'd never felt that before. And so it was very invigorating. Laura, you're smiling. Uh, for me, I got to watch her on that day, and I'm just sitting there nodding, like, "Yep, yep, this is, this is, um, this is what she was made for." I hope she's catching that this is what she was made for. But you can you can tell when people are in that place where who they are is meeting up with what they're having the opportunity to do, um, and so it was really clear. You know, yeah, I would also affirm that as somebody who works with you, Megan, like you are, you are super gifted and. Uh, I wish you were a little nicer to me and didn't laugh at <laughs> You know, I was going to say something nice about she, how you, you know, like you and your um, hosting abilities, mm -hmm. you know, just like how you're going to host a game show one day. How you were <laughs> made That's a secret dream that is now that. out in the world. It's not a secret. Everybody knows that. <laughs> you but put you it in the paper. But, <laughs> but, you know, it's one of those things that you're like really good at giving you that, you know, just how you hosted a thing for the local grocery. You know, that's what you and your wheelhouse settings like that this is like or when he has a marker in his hand at oh. a whiteboard you yeah. all should see that there you go. see we're we're mm. loving on you and we're being nice we are encouraging you fluffing <laughs> your feathers doing all those i know things. you can't believe it i, I don't know what, i don't know <laughs> and we've said you're right you need to like put this sucker somewhere <laughs> and save it because it won't happen again probably so uh, yes y yes but i will treasure this moment and record it i'm so glad it's recorded so for the folks and both of you obviously have experienced coming fully alive, but you've also experienced the opposite, where you where you were not there. Mm -hmm. So if you were to give advice to someone who is currently there, how do you get from where you are struggling or where maybe like you're just kind of in a middling place where you're not fully alive, but like maybe things are good. Like how do you move on to that place where you ultimately become fully alive, whatever that is. Like for, for y'all, it's like a ministry context where you're teaching folks or you're loving on folks for others it might be something different but the but but i i think there's probably some similarities in the process for me i think i would say keep showing up you know like when you're in those places it's easy to want to give up and just sort of go through the motions and i think sometimes we just have to trust that it's gonna work out and like you just have to keep showing up day in and day out and like give it your all and that eventually at some point like it'll catch up but I think just not giving up and that the fact of just not trying to just go through the motions every day just to you know check in and check out but to like do the work I would I would echo a lot of that I, um the first thing that came to mind for me was just like don't miss the moment that you're in longing for where you want to be I mean I think um <clears throat> I think that there, there's something to having dreams and, and working toward them. But a lot of times we can get so fixated on that that we miss the goodness of what God is up to in the season that we're in. Like it's hard, you know, ha you have hindsight and you can look back. I can look back at some of my seasons where it seemed like I was the most 
um, in the most desolation, you know, like where it just didn't seem like, it's like, God, why in the world do you have me here? And now I can turn around and look and say, oh, I see exactly why you have me here and what skills you were equipping me with and how you were growing me. And so I would just say, you know, embrace this moment and don't miss it. Just being fixated on the future. We're getting caught up in, um, like your choice you know like there's this thing I saw the other day and it was like how you know FOMO like the fear of missing out mm-hmm. was this big thing and now they're say- saying that we as a generation are having FOBO where it's like fear of better options where we're constantly when we're in this present place thinking of like are we should I be doing this because of the you know constantly like wait and so when we do this we miss out on the present like mm-hmm. there was a thing of a girl's like which mission trip do I go on and she was so caught up on with choosing which one was going to have the better, you know, something magical was going to happen or this or that, that she ended up missing both of them because she never made a decision. Mm-hmm. So, like, just trying to be – I like how you said that about being in the moment mm-hmm. and living in it and not worrying about everything else. I think that, you know, I think we can get caught up in that moment where we're like, okay, God has this very specific thing for me, and we get it so narrow um, <clears throat> when in reality, you know, like – there God God is with us and he's working in us and he's working through us and sometimes when we have those two options before us it's like God saying I'm gonna bless you wherever you go and we get so caught spinning our wheels saying like okay God I have to know exactly which one it is you have for me and I, I don't think that I think that it's more general than that that God is is just um, cheering us on and wanting us to take our next uh, our next step and that he's gonna it's not like we can take one step and it's gonna derail our whole future. But I think sometimes we put that weight on us. Like that's what's going to happen. Thanks so much for being a part of this episode of on grace. My name is Jason Brown. I've been hanging out with Megan Davidson and Laura Vincent. The three of us serve together at Broadway United Methodist church in Bowling Green, Kentucky. 